The Orbi has nothing to fear. Baronian Passions. Este domingo solo por Univision. For what it's worth, there's your cookie. Have fun. <laughs> it's an introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. Wisconsin, Texas. To a convention on the East Coast. That's not the East Coast, Minnesota. Is not the East Coast. Oh. Pull that record. <laughs> We're done. Aboard. Guess what? Your princess isn't in this fantasy castle, but your two fools are in the land of them. And now, starting season five, here are Rue and Tugs. I didn't even put it on here, but I know what's coming next. Or do you? Oh, yeah, I do. And ah. it's time. We didn't even get a break, believe it or not, but it's time for season five. Hooray. Are you serious? Yeah. Is that time already? How How is that transition? How did we step from season four to season five? Is it like some sort of magical barrier? No. It was there like a cookie wall that we had to eat through or something? You know what? I, I, I can give you the boring answer. The boring answer is like this. I changed the four to a five on my keyboard. But for the sake of canon, let's say that you ate a magic cookie and suddenly the sky turned purple for five minutes and then it was season five. How's okay, that? Okay, that, that sounds fun. That sounds good. That, that sounds, sounds like good. drugs. That's bad. Well, it's been three weeks <laughs> since we've been in studio. Um, and this is a, uh, a fast release, so this will be out pretty much as soon as we're done. So, how you been? I've been doing amazing. Did you enjoy your season break that didn't happen? I did. I yeah. did. It was very delicious. So tell... I love... I know that you put these things here. I figured this out. You put this on the rundown where it's like... Fly, it says flying to Neverland, and you're putting stuff that I'm like, what the hell does this mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I put it that way. What does this mean? I don't want you to know what I'm going to be talking about. So well, let's hear it. Okay, so yesterday evening, I went and saw Peter Pan. It was amazing. Hold on. That's not... You went and saw Peter Pan means did you go to a musical? I went and saw the musical Peter Pan. Where? So in this little podunk town called Payson. So it was... it was It's a great little, little place. But um, yeah, let's just say that when Peter Pan came and flew on stage, it was hilarious because they had this like motorized like... You could hear like this motor running as like <sighs> Peter Pan is like flying onto it, so it's like, and then like he's coming in, so it was like a jet. <laughs> Sorry, oh. I don't know why I think it's funny, but I do because you're it's sitting there. Yeah, exactly. It's like, where's the magic? It's it's a servo. <laughs> so and then you know, I also went and saw Sean the sheep, and I have to say. That was a really amazing movie. I would highly recommend you go see it if you have an opportunity. I've noticed something about you and how you rate things. What? Well, you never say it was okay. You say it's okay. There's not an in-between. For you, it's either okay or it's amazing. There's not like, it was pretty good. When I say it's okay, yeah, that's, but you, when, but uh, it's that's weird. basically me saying I didn't like you, it. You either dislike something, <laughs> it's okay, or it's amazing. You go from one extreme to the other. It's really funny. Well, I guess I guess I'm kind of a little bit of a black and white person. Either yeah. it's good or bad. 
I, you know, what I have to say, this is, are you done? I, I'm kind of stealing it, and I'm not trying to, but well, I saw Ant Man. Or, uh, you know, I've I've used some of your terms before, where you've said, okay, it's it's a a red box. Go well, see. Oh yeah. Well, no, I meant like I was going to say I saw Ant Man. I didn't want to take away from your okay. From go your ahead. Time. Oh no. Um. Oh, I don't. I don't even know where to begin. But here's what happened. So I had I had company, and we went to the drive-in because we have a drive-in. And it was Fantastic Four and Ant-Man. And we didn't go to the movies thinking that we were going to go because we were going to watch the movies. We went because we wanted to BS somewhere, right? In the car. At a drive-in is a good enough place. So we didn't watch Fantastic Four. But we started to watch Ant-Man. And it got kind of interesting. And spoiler alert. Uh, this whole Anthony thing, when he got killed and you see the wing fall to the ground, we looked at each other and we're like, we're done. And we left. That movie was terrible. The movie was terrible. Like it was campy and it was funnyish, but it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was not amazing. It was not amazing. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, I, when, I watched the trailer and I was like, "This is really dumb." Anyway. You know, having that type of super superpower. Oh, guess what, guys? I can shrink down. Although, wait, there's so many furries in the fandom that would probably love that micro macro scene. Oh my god! Right. So, okay. so what else have you been up to? Uh just those two things. Ah. So what have you been up to, Tux? You could do two things in three weeks. I'm impressed. Um, working my ass off. Uh, I need a new job. but uh, I still see your ass. It's still there. Stop looking at my ass. Uh, I Okay, so Nintendo has decided to preload. And I'm like, great. This is great. You've, you've learned that digital is the way to go. If you buy Mario Maker, you can even call Nintendo. They will mail you the booklet. If you, buy, like, if you were to buy it physical, you get a little booklet on how to design Mario levels. Oh, that's if you cool. if you do it on the eShop on your receipt, it'll say call this number and we'll give you the booklet. They'll ship it for free, which is really great. So I don't lose anything. So except a case. Who gives a shit? I don't need something to collect dust. I just want the game. I want the experience. But well, anyway, and, and you are technically missing the physical copy of the game. But it's the experience. <laughs> anyway, the whole point of this is Nintendo did a really super early preload. You could preload it like three weeks ago, like a month out. And so I've been sitting there, like it was kind of like with Smash Brothers. I looked at it for two weeks and it was on there and it would play, do you want to play Smash Brothers? And you'd say, well, yes, of course I want to play Smash Brothers. It would go, no, you can't play it. It's not out yet. Do you want to go to the eShop and learn more? I'm like, why would you do that? Why do I want to go to the eShop and learn about something I already bought? You have my money. Um, so Mario Maker's been sitting there for three weeks going, hey, you want to build a Mario level? Yeah, I do. Well, great. You want to go to the eShop and learn about it? <laughs> no. I want to build the damn level. Um, but there are two weeks left. Um, on 9-11, <laughs> we can finally make our own Mario levels. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I'm super excited for it. Super somebody excited gonna, for it. Somebody going to make a Twin Tower level? I know. I know. Uh, and so, you know, it's, uh, it's a thing. And I'm excited for it. But uh, that's just what I've been up to. I just really working. I had a little company. Uh, the day of deliverance came and left. Um, I'm old. And waiting for Mario Maker. Well, by the way, Tugs, I still see your ass. So. Should we do the thing? Yes, we should. He's only half-baked. It's Ruse Kooky Time. All right, well, the cookie for today is a special one. It's actually from Twitter. One of our viewers sent it in to us. Really? Yes. They said specifically, Will you attend a party where strange customs prevail in bed with the cookie? Yes. 
Yes. Really? Is that, is that it? Yeah, I'd attend a party like that. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread it. It's, will you attend a party where strange customs prevail in bed with a cookie? I think you just said that. Oh. Okay. Well, I just repeated it. Would you? I would. Would you? Yeah. 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 It's like a furry convention. <laughs> Well, I hope that you enjoyed your cookie break. Now, cookie break? That's a lie if I ever heard one. What? I just ate a cookie. What are you talking about? All right. I guess that was a lie, too. All right. Well, it's Video Games in the Fandom Day, your favorite episode of the season, or at least one of them. It's always my favorite. I know. Well, we, have, we have searched high and low and far and wide. We had to leave the country, but we eventually found a qualified and wonderful guest who has agreed, for some strange reason, to come on. And spend some of his life with us. So we are proud to introduce to you Phil the Canadian. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Phil the Canadian. Who are you? Uh, just a Canuck. That's about it. <laughs> so where is Canada? <laughs> we are America's hat. It's Sorry. a beaver hat. You know, I do have to answer, ask that question. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know the geography. So, you know. So, yes, it is America's hat. So it is on the top of America, right? Yep. I will have to go outside my igloo here and and grab a cold beer. So uh, you'll just have to forgive me for a second. (laughs) I have to let the penguin out. I have to let the penguin out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why can I not think of the brand of Canadian beer that everyone loves? Oh, my God. Molson. Piss water? What? What is the... Okay, what... Well, I mean, like, Coors is the American brand. No one drinks it here. It's like Paps. Paps? Sorry for people that love Paps. Paps is terrible. I think it's disgusting. And you haven't been in Utah having Utah Paps. It is disgusting. There you go. Phil, Phil, what's your favorite beer? Uh, My favorite beer currently right now is a one from BC. It is called an 1896 Red Ale. That sounds delicious. Ooh, can can we just you know like internet's you know technology is strong enough now that mm-hmm. you should be able to you know send it on Google Fiber. Send it over to us. All right, so please enjoy the Stanley Park. That is its name. So so the thing that we need to do is establish your your credentials here. So the first thing is you're not a furry, but you are definitely aware of furries, right? That is correct, sir. Now explain how you're aware of furries. I currently game with uh, um, a clan of furries right now. That's right. As well, I have had friends in the business probably for, I want to say, 15 years. The business. The business. Business Business of gaming? (laughs) Uh, Business of actual furries. Ah, okay, okay. When we haven't converted you yet. Before I met you. Yeah, we haven't. haven't, Where's, when are you converting? (laughs) <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Well, we should have another converting episode if that ever happens. I know. I know. <laughs> I think you drink the blood. All right. So now let's talk about your gaming. So what was your first console slash system? First console slash system was actually the Atari. Atari? The Atari. The Atari 2600. Way back when. My dad was actually on the cutting edge of of technology back in the day, and I didn't realize it for a long time. Nice. But I had a Commodore 64, an Atari. My first game was Pong, and then 
Formula One. And I remember racing in the basement of my my parents with my best friend from across the street when I was maybe five. That's so, awesome. So now did you play E.T.? Yes, I still don't understand to this day what E.T. was supposed to do. But uh, every single person I've asked about E.T. also didn't understand why you played E.T. Because you played some weird green thing with a large head. Ended up going into holes and getting stuff, but you didn't know where you were going. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Okay. So my, let's, let's, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. My uncles also uh, had a Intellivision. If you guys remember that, or if you've yep. ever played that, mm. our favorite game was a B seventeen bomber. That was actually the, how it sounded when the uh, when you launched the game. It had voice acting in it. It was actually pretty ahead of its time. Damn. Awesome. Yeah. Shoot. Especially on the on that particular system. That's that's amazing. So, do you emulate it all, Phil? Have you emulated like imported stuff? I've emulated imported stuff before, yeah, but it's been a while. Uh, I think okay. I usually tried to import uh, a lot of the the old Pokemon back when back in the day. Okay, so but, so well, the reason I ask is because before we actually started talking in the intro piece, there was this piece of music, and I want to know if if you're nerdy enough to identify what it is. Do you know what that is? That particular piece yes. sounds half familiar, but I can't actually recall what it is. I told Rue what it was before we started recording, so Rue, tell everyone what it was. Oh, um, <laughs> it was the loading um, screen for a particular system. It was con- like the Famicom Disk the Famicom System. The Famicom Disk System. Right? Yep. Right. And Did you yeah. have a GameCube, Phil? I actually only got it. Later on, uh, to only get every single Zelda. Right. So, so, but you, but you had one, right? I had one. This yep. is something I, I learned when I was prepping for the show, and I'm so late to this party, but I'm sharing it with you guys. So, so you remember this, right? This was like the music for the menu, and you were just chilling and doing your memory card or whatever, right? Yep. Remember this, Phil? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. That's what you would hear, but then I found out that that's not what that is. Now, if you play it 16 times faster, this is what it really is. Nintendo's full of crap. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose this, I suppose they are. No, I spent the majority of my gaming time on the Sega Genesis. Really? Oh, I have a good story about that, too. Oh, man. My Sega Genesis story is this, and I actually can't find this unit in because uh, I think my mom sold it in a garage sale. But our Sega Genesis had a glitch, I call it glitch, um, where the bottom half, like all the graphics appeared fine um, when you were on the title screens for every single game. Always they appeared fine. But once the characters started moving... Halfway down the sprite, their character model would flip. Oh, no. That's totally a hardware glitch. So the bottom half would be going right. Like we would be playing Sonic, and about halfway through at his waist, he he would flip backwards. So like his feet were running to the left while his head was moving to the right? That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. 
it worked like this on fighting games. So you're like playing Mortal Kombat or you're playing Street Fighter and you would be, uh, you'd have half of Ryu and uh, it's, his kicks would go forward. Um, and it only happened if you were actually moving right. If you were the second player and moving left, everything looked proper. It only happened if you're moving right. That's a freak <laughs> hardware glitch. It's a freak hardware glitch, but we played it. We actually made fun of it just because it was actually endearing after a certain portion of time. I think it was a pre-used console, but it was great. That's fantastic. I'm trying to think of what on earth could cause it, but I don't know. I know nothing about electrical engineering. This At the time, crazy. I didn't know. I but would love to check it out now. Maybe, I mean, maybe the pins just weren't connecting, kind of like when you tilt a car. I mean, not tilt, but, you know, you pull the cartridge up a little bit. Yeah, your contact's not completely clean. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. And you get glitches and stuff like that. Yeah, so you've been around the block a bit. You've been around the block. Okay, okay cool. So, so there you go, audience. We have a great guy who we have promised not Molson to. <laughs> He's going to talk to you about his video games with us. So let's kick it off. So we have an email from Leo. Now, the nice thing about our guest today is that he's also agreed to read emails like a great guy. So, I believe you have that first email, Phil. I do. So, Leo sends us uh, an email today, and uh, I'll just read it verbatim here. Uh, Hello, you ear-orgasming cast of fur. What it's worth. Leo with a short email. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I love me some video games. Kids today will never... Feel the struggle of getting down on your knees and having to blow on cartridges to get that game started. It's too easy for them these days. Uh, will you guys buy the Rare Rewind? Uh, I know I will. Hopefully they have all the games I grew up with on there in HD. Just a few days before it came out, I, by the grace of Talos, sounds like we have a Skyrim fan, gets my paws on a copy of Conker's Back of Fur Day. The big-breasted sunflower. Oh my God. I wasn't ready for this game, but I love it nonetheless. I think with the age we live in and the nostalgia binding everyone, um, the game could possibly bridge the age gap in the fandom. Personally, I love old 8-bit games and love to play them, and I still uh, don't think I'm alone on this idea. Remember the days of having to use a cable to trade Pokemon? I still have mine, and it's awesome finding people with a Game Boy Advance and just whipping it out. With hugs and kisses, Leo the Artist. I thought it said hugs and kisses. Well, wow, yeah. I don't know. I I think I would buy the Rare Rewind if it was price compatible. What about you guys? I don't have an Xbox One. Um, my roommates actually purchased it, and they've been playing it a little bit. I have to admit that some of the games haven't held up. That's what I heard. The way that... We remember. You I know? heard that the menus were sometimes better than the actual games that they were connected to. Yeah. Rare yeah. did pull out some very good stops back in the day, but a lot of their games and the technology hasn't aged well. No. Yeah. I, I think that if they remade some of the games and co completely remade some of the games, I think that, you know, they could probably do something like that. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that it's a good series. I would highly recommend if you haven't played some of those games that you should. You just have to understand that the graphics were a little bit different back then. Well, you know, it's really interesting because I've, I, I don't go around looking for this, but I've just noticed that um, kids, or not kids, I'm so old, kids these days, younger people 
are like, oh, yeah, my first game was like on a 64. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> this yep. is not like, don't say that. It makes you feel old. Yes. It? You know what makes me feel old when I think about The Lion King and know that it's been out for 20 years? Stop going off topic. Wow, Lion King. No, but in the rare replay itself, I remember going to a quote-unquote video store, a physical building where you had to rent videos, kids. Where it smelled like plastic. Actually, it smelled like popcorn. Oh, that too? Yeah, it had because they had that popcorn machine, and if you're a kid, you'd be like, can I get the bag of popcorn? And you could get the bag of popcorn as you browse video games. And get them all greasy. And and then you'd yeah, then you get everything greasy. But then you'd come out and you'd walk out with Battletoads, which is in the the replay, hey. Yeah. Oh man, and um, then you would I, rent it. You would rent it and then you'd never beat level six because you'd be on the surfboard trying to hit the warp and you'd die every time. Jump, 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 try to hit the wall. Jump, 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 try to hit the wall. Why am I not hitting the wall? It's the warp. You know, one game that I rented um when I was a kid. Um, was Where's Waldo on the NES. <laughs> and let me tell you, if you ever play that game... It <laughs> that sounds like a terrible idea. I thought it was broken, and we took the money, we took the game back to them because we thought the game was actually broken. But later on in life, I found out that, that no, that's just how the game is. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. So. <laughs> Go back and play uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for the NES. I guarantee you will also have no idea what's going on. This looks terrible. Like, this is the music for it. This is awful. It's horrible. And then if you see some of the gameplay, it's bad. Yeah, that looks that looks pretty bad. Oh, my God. Who would play that? <laughs> Let's play Where's Waldo on the TV. Oh, the well, the thing is, is, if you actually look in the model of what where's like what where's Waldo looks looks like, he he doesn't even look like him at all. It's pretty terrible. I don't even know how you can mess that up. So wait, Ru, how old were you when you got your first console? Oh, me? Yeah, did you oh, always have I one? I had I had an Atari. Like screw both of you, both of you. I didn't. You know, so my parents were like, "Well, you can go to the DI and go get you one if it makes you feel better." No, no. Makes the thing is, your childhood. Yeah, well, you can't give me my time back. But my parents were like, "You can't have a console till you know you're old." So I, my parents would refuse to let me have a video game console. I had to go buy it on my own when I was like thirteen. Here's my thing. I didn't even know that I had a video game console really in the Atari. What? Until I was older. Until I was older and understood what the heck it was. Right? Like, my dad took me downstairs to the basement and he sat with me and we played Pong. And he's like, This is uh, video Pong. And I'm like, This is fun, Dad. And we would have, you know, father son bonding time, right? And there was it's like a, like some happy music in the background. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Rainbows and, you know, whatever. But, uh, it was one of those weird things that I never knew until my uncle brought over his Nintendo Entertainment System during a summer one day when he babysat myself and my my baby brother. This would have been maybe, oh, just after it was released in America. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember playing a ton of Mario and Duck Hunt. You still can't get better than that zapper. Oh, it's still zapper. one of the best video game accessories that has ever been made. 
That zapper kills me a lot in Splatoon. I just I have to say how much I hate that zapper. What when they brought that game the zapper back why, in, the, in why Splatoon? Because it? it's so it's a rapid fire pistol. Ah! Uh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god! And you know what else is funny about the zapper when they when they introduced Duck Hunt? It's really it's okay. It's really Mr. Peepers and the Duck, but they're calling it Duck Hunt and Smash Brothers. Um, it says in the video for it, the intro video does not come with an NES zapper. Like they actually had to put a disclaimer in it. It's because people would have wanted the zapper. I know if I if I was able to get the zapper, I would have wanted it. It's like you know trying to get an actual power glove for the Nintendo Entertainment. You know system. what? I had a power glove at one point in time. It's one in the studio. I know, I know. You have one, but I used to have one, and I I played this game called Mouse Capades on the NES. Trying I to remember mouse capades. Oh, uh, wasn't it an awesome game? <laughs> it but... was. Why was the did the mouse have a top hat? <laughs> I gotta look this up. So um, basically, I was trying to control mouse capades with the um, with the power glove. Is this a Mickey Mouse? Game? And that's yeah. Okay. It's it's impossible. It's impossible to do it. What the hell? What? It looks terrible. It was, the, it was oh, a fun game. I imagine I'm reacting okay. This looks terrible. <laughs> it probably wasn't though. <laughs> well, they've they've re-released a lot of those Disney games again, like uh uh Scrooge McDuck again in uh, DuckTales, yeah, right? That's true. I have it on uh, Steam. The DuckTales NES game was probably the best game. It was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. All right, let's move to the next email then, yeah? So I have the next email and it's from Qno. He says, Dear Rue, Tugs, Koru, and Firebreath. By the way, Koru is is out at the moment. He's not feeling well, so our heart goes out to him. Uh, he says, To start with my correspondence, I just want to let you guys know how much I enjoyed the season four finale. I got a kick out of hearing all of last season's highlights. Anyhow, I vaguely recall owning a Dreamcast. Yes. It broke early 2002, so my memories are blurry, but I do remember spending hours playing Resident Evil 2, Crazy Taxi, and Hydro Thunder, which I now play on the Xbox. Regardless... I agree that this was an important console that marked the end of Sega's 18 years in the business. Currently, I'm finding myself doing most of my gaming on Steam and on my 360, mainly just Duck Game, Destiny, etc. And of course, an honorable mention to Dust and Elysian Tell for being the per- the one video game universally known by furries. Anyway, love you guys. Love what you do. Keep on keeping on. Keeping on. Best of wishes, Kuno. P.S. Not, much, not sure how pertinent this is. But I have done his asked and use my for what it's worth brand serial decoder ring. Cookies for Rue is the message. Yay! That ding, is ding, ding, the ding, message. Ding, 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 we ding. don't actually write those, so I had to go check. So you win. I don't know what you win yet, but you won. Anyhow. Thanks, so, Kuno. Thank you for sending that in. One thing that that brought me back to is um, thinking a little bit about something. And then it just left my brain. So... <laughs> I'll just start by saying crazy taxi. You know, the I remember, uh, did you not have a Dreamcast? Uh, dude, that was like the first mm-hmm. the first Christmas present console I ever got. Okay, um love my Dreamcast. You, me and my buddies uh pitched in in university to buy a Dreamcast in eh, 2001 after Sega decided to say you know what, we're done making consoles. We're just going to distribute our IPs right now. Um, and you know what? Here is the dev kit. Internet, do your thing. And the internet, in its infancy at that time, did its thing. Rather you well. you could get everything. It, oh, fantastic. I remember playing 
Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, that was such a great game. Resident Evil, Crazy Taxi. But I think the Dreamcast was important, too, because it was it was artistic. Sega didn't give a shit about money. Surprise, guess what? It didn't work. But there were so many so many games where it was experimental. Like, they would never have done that normally. There was, like, Res and stuff. Yeah, I, was, I was about to say Res if you didn't get to it, because, oh, yeah. yeah, that game still holds up if you go back and play Res. Oh, yeah, because well, they did the HD version on the 360. Mm-hmm. So I remember what I was going to say. So when it comes to Sonic, I mean, not Sonic, but Sega... Um, what if Sega would have kept kept going? That that's what your email actually brought to my mind. Is what if what if Sega was still in that lineup? What do you think, Tugs? Do you think that it would? Um... Well, you know the thing about that is Sega. So here's why the Dreamcast died. The Dreamcast died because Sega had eight consoles simultaneously in the world. That's too many consoles. They had everything from the Master System to the Dreamcast, right? Mm-hmm. That is not a good business model. But the other problem is that, and it's still Sega's problem to this day, is that they keep throwing money at Sonic Team thinking that if we just give them money, they'll make a great game, which they will not do. They made one fluke, which was Sonic Generations, and it was amazing. But they would have died because of Sonic Team. Hands down. They, they, they could have kept going for maybe one or two consoles, and they would have died anyway. That's my thought. Phil, what is your thought? Echo the Dolphin? <laughs> yep, needs more echo. Didn't they do yeah. a new version of that? Ah, uh, there was one for the Dreamcast, but I don't think it would have been there. But you know, you're right about the Sonic team. Sonic was their their money maker, but they kept doing the same thing over and over again. Granted, the Sonic game that got eventually released for the GameCube was very well done and was actually one of the best games on that system, but that was originally on the Dreamcast, hey? Yep. Um, I I like that game too, but... You know what I need to say? If Sega's listening, if someone at Sega is listening, and I doubt you are, but if you are, I would like you to know this is your problem. Stop slowing Sonic down. Sonic is too fast. They no the gimmick that they do in Sonic games is they do this thing where it's like we're going to slow him down. Why are you stopping Sonic? This is this is their mentality. I was reading an interview when they did Sonic Unleashed, the one where he went to a werewolf and stuff, which mm-hmm. is a completely different story we could get into. But um, they had these really great levels when it was daytime and you ran Sonic. Those levels were fantastic. And they said, well, why didn't you do more day levels? Because they kept doing DLC for the night levels. And the response from the dev team was, well, we would have had to make miles more of track. And I face I face palmed and I said, That's your damn job. Make more track. <laughs> anyway. I never yeah. played that one. I I saw it and I was like, I don't understand this. Yeah. You, you know, you missed out on some great day levels, but that was like thirty percent of the game. The rest of the game was terrible, and I called him Rubber Arms McGee. Well, what about okay, so oh I was just Thinking, it's because some people like that game because of the transformation aspect, which makes me think about one of the great, um, um, great um, games that came out for GameCube slash the Wii was, if you remember, Twilight Princess. That was oh God, awesome. love Zelda. I loved that, but immediately hated it. Why did you hate? Because Twilight the Princess? minute Wolf Link showed up, I was like, and a hundred furries cried out in pain. You know what? It was Fuck. it was amazing. It was until the until furries ruined it. 
what did they really do to ruin it? Because I knew immediately the minute he transformed that some people were like, I am so turned on right now. I was like, just enjoy the damn story. Don't sexualize it right away. (laughs) Zelda isn't really a game that you can really sexualize. You can, but... Oh, Phil, baby, come on. I, uh, I'll, 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 I'll claim, I'll be the first to claim that I'm a bit naive in that point. But, you know, fact of the matter is, yeah, well, I love Zelda, have for ages. I'm still mystified over the timeline stuff. I'm, I'm with that, you. I could talk for hours on and still not fully understand where I am. I'm with you. I'm not into the sexy realm of it either. I like Zelda for the good story. I really want the new Zelda, which is going to be either on the NX or on the Wii U. I hope they just kick it to the NX. They're, they're going to do, you know, see, here's the problem. They're going to do what they did with Twilight Princess. And that's a good point. It's a great throw together because it was designed for the GameCube. It played the best on the GameCube and they tacked on the Wii controls and it was a bad move. So yeah. it's, it's being designed for the Wii U. I'm going to get it for the Wii U, even if it comes out on the NX, because that's what it's been designed for. It has been designed for the Wii U, even if it is, you know, but I think that they're going to pull a fast one. I think that that's why. But but my problem is, is when a company comes out and says, hey, you know, we have this great game in the works. Here, be excited. Here, here, we're going to release it in this year. Oh, you know what? Actually, you know what? We're not going to talk about it this this next time. Oh, we're going to... Um, show you all these other like crappy games and not talk about the game that you really want to hear. And oh, and we're just going to wait and put it on the new system. Like I, I don't know how I feel about them doing that, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, not even in regards to uh, to that specifically, but you know, yeah, I can, we can point fingers directly at Star Citizen, the Eternal Beta, as I like to call it, and uh, Kingdom Hearts Three. Oh my God! Kingdom Hearts Forever. We actually, I know why that's delayed. Um, which is it, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah, well, which is fine. Yeah, but still, come on, ten years. Well, ten years. Maybe, maybe Sora will have aged. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he'll have had puberty. But either way, it's time for our first break. So let us do that. We'll have some space news and some stuff. I think Kellingsworth has our first ident. So thank you, Kellingsworth. Uh, and then we'll be back. <laughs> Alien Frequencies Open, Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Thursday, August 27th, here are your space headlines. Recently, NASA's come under fire, criticism really, from Congress, uh, believing that they've been affording SpaceX preferential treatment in how that they've been handling the investigation regarding the recent Falcon 9 failure. And they're comparing this to the orbital ATK failure and how that had its own independent, uh, independent investigation put together by NASA. And the reason why that they're uh, treating this differently is because orbital ATK has a contract with NASA specifically for ISS resupply and nothing else. SpaceX, while they do have an ISS resupply contract, also has contracts with NASA to launch other payloads into space, and they felt it would be more efficient to go about this a different way. Now, if Congress decides that this is okay, great, we can uh, hopefully get back to launching Falcon 9s as early as September, Elon Musk said, though they don't have a, a revised launch schedule yet. If Congress decides that this is not okay and that they do need an independent investigation, it could delay launches, so let's hope that Congress you know, decides to let this slide. Earlier this week, JAXA's HTV spacecraft, an automated resupply vehicle, docked with the ISS and offloaded about 9,500 pounds of supplies, including food, spare parts, and experiments. 
Now, some of these experiments include uh, various form, various samples of alcohol, including a small cache of whiskey, tequila, and Midori. And the reason for that is the makers of these particular spirits want to see how microgravity affects the mellowness of the tastes. So they'll be up there for a little while, about a year or two, I think, and then they'll return them to Earth for uh, sampling. They included uh, habitats for 12 mice, which are part of an experiment to uh, study the effects of weightlessness on long-duration space missions. Uh, they brought up equipment for NASA's twin study, which tracks Scott Kelly on the space station and his identical twin brother, Mark Kelly, down on Earth. A new type of telescope was delivered that allows the station to examine cosmic rays away from the distorting effect of Earth's atmosphere. Various small uh, satellites, CubeSats, including 14 Earth-watching Dove CubeSats were brought up, and a student-built AAU Sat-5 designed to test ship beacon signal technology were launched, and a new NanoRacks external platform, or NREP, was uh, brought up and attached to the uh, Japanese Kaibo module, and that's designed to serve as a sort of base for future experiments sent to the station. This is the fifth automated resupply that Japan has sent up, and uh, it's about 33 feet long and about 13 feet across. It's fairly large, but even so, it's not really enough to, uh, to take over for SpaceX and Orbital ATK, so those two hopefully will be resuming operations soon. In previous episodes, I had mentioned something called the Electromagnetic Drive, I believe it was called, and how it was still baffling scientists as to whether or not it was actually working. Well, there's something else out there that has been in the works for about 30 years, uh, designed and built by a former astronaut uh, who's flown on seven shuttle missions, and uh, it's called the Vasimir, V-A-S-M, uh, excuse me, V-A-S-I-M-R, and it's a, a sort of a hybrid style engine. It's similar to uh, a plasma and ion drive, but it works on in two different modes. It has a uh, low thrust, high specific impulse mode, and then it has a, a high thrust, low specific impulse mode. This means it blends the two qualities that we have of our current technologies between ion drives and traditional chemical rockets. But it's more efficient than a, a traditional chemical rocket. It's not as powerful, but it's more efficient. And the idea is, with this engine, if it does work, uh, you could get to Mars in about 39 days, as opposed to, say, six months. That's a little over one month. That's a much more feasible trip. That's that much fewer, that, uh, that much less in supplies you have to carry, that much less in fuel and oxygen and all the other resources that you need. And that leaves more room for supplies that you need to carry down to the surface of Mars. So this is a really interesting engine. I'd like to learn a lot more about it. They're actually getting ready to uh, develop a version that will go up to the ISS, hopefully within the next few years, and actually use it to replace the standard chemical propellant that it uses to uh, perform reboosts. And the idea is that if it works, they can use that to keep the ISS in orbit and then modify the engine further, refine it further, for future stations that are going to be in low Earth orbit which would significantly reduce the cost of maintaining the station because, as, it, as uh, everyone probably knows by now, every bit of weight costs an astronomical amount of money. You would be surprised how much fuel it takes to launch a single pound of weight into orbit. So if they can reduce the amount of fuel necessary, that makes everything that much cheaper. It drops it down from about $210 million a year to less than $20 million a year. That's all we've got for you this time. For more information on space and space-related matters, follow NASA, JAXA, Vasimir, and SpaceX on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans.
This is Killingsworth, and you're listening to For What It's Worth. Thanks for listening. I hope that you enjoyed your eight but bit cookie. Eight butt cookies. Eight butt cookies. <laughs> hey, what but, the hell is an eight butt cookie? Eight butt cookies are like cookies that are shaped like butts, and there's eight of them, and you eat them. <laughs> no, you get all the bad sounds today. Nom 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 nom. Where's the Pac-Man? <laughs> I don't have that on here. Well, okay, every listeners, here you go. Here's the Pac-Man for you. So stick a finger. In your ear, and then scratch it. And there you go. There's Pac-Man. I can't do that. Why? I don't, I don't know if this is, this is a little TMI, I guess. But, so I went to the doctor yesterday, and he's looking in my ear, because it was my physical, right? And he's like, does your ear feel okay? And I'm like, well, it itches a little bit, because you're, you know, you're looking at it. And he's like, no. I mean, does it itch sometimes? And I go... Well, sure. But, I mean, my ear itches sometimes. Who's ear? Does your ear itch, Rue, sometimes? Yeah. Well, sometimes. sure. I'm like, yeah, whatever. My ear itches. He goes, you have eczema in your ear. I'm like, I have eczema in my ear? Like, I don't have eczema anywhere else in my body, but I have it in my ear? He's like, yeah, you have eczema in your ear. So I can't put things in my ear anymore. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I, I don't, uh, like, in my ear of all places. Whenever anyone says anything about their ears, okay. I just think, have you ever seen the IT crowd? And this is going off tangent, of course. But the IT crowd in Moscow is... Oh, what's the water for? Oh, no. Hot air. Just gets hot sometimes. <laughs> and he spritzes water on his ear. Yeah. Don't, you don't get hot air? <laughs> <laughs> so we are back, and we have an email here. Yes. Continue the video gameness. So Phil has our next email from... Anonymous. Uh, anonymous? Anonymous. 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 That He's... seems a little bit better. But okay, uh, just a few thoughts on the video game and the fandom. Uh, back when the fandom was starting, the industry of games allowed for what some would call great coach gaming and were garnered to places where people met en masse. This was good for some time as it gave many furries who may have had social awkwardness a reason to at least gather in a similar place with a shared interest. Though it was, is a crapshoot if any conversations and what leads uh, from them would come to pass. Thankfully, there are more games these days that are attempting to capture the feelings, but many games these days often mean a person has to have their own system and screen rather than forcefully placing people in a shared area. However, as they say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the furries talk to each other. And it may be the only interest that two people share, uh, which can make for some awkward moments after they have run out of things to say. Video games are a good social crutch, but you have to put some effort into making friends from them. More so with long distances and people you only know digitally, just like role-playing chats. That That is often why I go to board games these days. Uh, while it is somewhat of a forced social interaction, it is often hard to play without talking to your team member or opponents. Uh, actually, I feel that in culture, this is a rising phenomenon, and poker banter is almost always bound to happen and can really be helpful to let people get to know you. We need more furry forward board ge- board and card games, and I guess I'm trying to help with that in time. Anywho, uh, 
those are a few thoughts, and I hope they spark a few people to give the tabletop a try. I actually like his idea. Tabletop is fun. Have you played any tabletop games lately? Oh, yes. Um, I have to say that um, I'm a pretty big tabletop gamer. Like, I have a lot of games. Like, I'm talking about, like, a corner of a room full of games. It's way too much. I'm still stuck on the fact that it was any who or in the email. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Any who We're on a different subject right now. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay. Phil, we understand that that you you are not used to reading the emails from audience, therefore the any whore is foreign to you. <laughs> it oh. is, but uh, no. Um, for example, <laughs> any whore is not used to you. You aren't okay. used to the whores in our show. Oh, uh-huh. by the way, yeah, no, that's a different joke. Um, the board game culture itself, I don't know. I just. Got my kick started uh, exploding kittens. <gasps> oh my gosh, that, that game is so letter. awesome! That box. It, oh my gosh, do you yes. have do you have that game next to you? Uh, no, I can go grab it. Go it grab it. Me Thirty seconds. Go grab it, and we will talk about something. Is this the letter that it came with? It is amazing. That letter was pretty damn good. Yeah, no, that game. I wish that I would have kick started that game. It was pretty fun to play. In a social environment, you know, but I don't know how it'll last like long term. It's not like it's to me. I it's a very short and quick game. I'm going to admit I'm kind of not kickstarting things for a while. I am. I am on a kickstarting hiatus right now. Okay, open that box. All right, here we go. I think mine died. (gasps) What? I don't understand what I'm supposed. What am I missing? What's supposed to be happening? I'm going to punch a baby. Well, yeah, mine died. Oh, that sucks. Okay. So this is the first time that I've ever seen this, but when you, when you get this box, you open it, and it makes cat noises when you open up the box for the game. Hey, you can't give me a fail on that. It's fail because it didn't work. I know. It's fail. It just makes me sad now. I, I'm sorry. It was, it brought actually, me so much no, happiness. It no. was actually more fun you than probably ship- playing the game is probably sitting there and opening the box about like 20 times until my friends start telling me to stop it. You can't <laughs> ship cats across the border. I bet you that's what killed it because we actually did enjoy that. <laughs> I got the one with the not safe for work deck because if you're going to gonna get it, you may as well go full board. It's like oh, Cards Against Humanity, that right? That not safe for work deck. Some of those pictures are in there are pretty weird. <laughs> it's golden, know. though. And they've got some good stuff, but it's like, what? I think my my, my favorite was the some, some balloon that was attached to somebody's dick, and it was like oh. some card that was like... What is happening? Down cat. <laughs> what was it? It was an upside-down cat on a balloon attached to his dick or something like that. And yeah, it was... Oh, you should weird. totally find that deck. I mean, that card because it it says it in such a way that it's just hilarious. It's like um, the it word the words that are on the deck was about um, drifting the balloon or I don't remember. I'm sorry, I killed it. 
Uh, it was awesome. So it basically lost. So lost. the balloon was drifting him wherever, and I don't know. Anyways, it's a skip card. Sail away on your penis balloon. Be free, your little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read the next email. Okay. This email says, "Hi, Koru, Ru, Tugs, Firebreath, and guests. This is Sasha. I am a 23 year old blue wolf and a boy, just to avoid confusion." I found your show a month ago and told myself I had to catch up before writing in. No, you don't. I hope I sent this in time for the video games episode. You did. My favorite video game series is probably Fire Emblem. There are a few characters throughout the game that can transform into beast form, and they were always my favorite. They had the Lagoos and the, I don't even want to say this, Tiguel? I hope I said that right. Which had a human form, but transformed into animal-like or dragon-like forms to attack. I just wanted to say I've loved the show so far and can't wait to hear more from you guys. I'd like to suggest an episode of how you get your first art commission. I don't have a reference sheet, and with my mediocre art skills, I'm not sure how to get one made. All of the open commissions out there want a reference sheet, so how do you get one? Thanks for reading this. I love what you guys do. May your new season be great and your cookies delicious. Signed, Sasha, the blue wolf from Ohio. Yay! Cookies are delicious. Do you know where Ohio is? Um, Ohio is somewhere next to us. Just kidding. Nah, don't force it. We're not doing Waco it. Ta- or, no, Yako taught me that in uh, on the TVs on when anim- I was a kid. And Animaniacs? Animaniacs. Well, according to Rue, the East Coast is on Minnesota, so go fig. Yeah. I always thought Canada was below. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyways. No, Canada's always on top, man. Always. Snap. Oh, so Fire Emblem. Has anyone played Fire Emblem? I have not. I, I have to, you know, be honest about I, that. I, I did play Fire Emblem. It was it was okay. I think the one thing that I have a hard time with is permadeath. You know, really, I, it's permadeath. Yeah. Um. Not the new games. They t- took that away. <sighs> but the older games, it was permadeath. So why do they make it not permanent? Um. Well, you know, you can play it as the old way, where it, you still can have that challenge if you want to. I don't... Wait, wait. I don't I don't understand. But if you just want to enjoy the story, then you can just play the game and enjoy the story, and then all your people that died come back to life every turn. But, or not every turn, but... But every, part of turn. life is death. It's not like when someone dies in life, they get to come back. Their story is ended. <laughs> Look, I'm not a fan of permadeath all the time either, especially if I'm really into that character. It would be like Mario. It's like, oh, you got hit by that turtle shell. Game over. That's it. We were, weren't we talking about this? Blue turtle shell from the from behind. Yeah. It's like take away it has the extra wings for lives. a reason. Oh, I thought we were talking about this. We're like, this is not video games, but um, so I I've been watching. Look, I watch Star Trek when I am doing something and I want TV, right? Like, because I I know the episodes. I've watched them all. And I just, you know, you don't have to pay attention. I was thinking, you know what? If we were really in outer space. Captain Picard would have flown into a rock and died, like in this most unglamorous, meaningless way. He would have just died. That would have been it. Like it's like Mario getting hit by a green shell. Well, you know what? You didn't say the princess. You died. You're stupid. Like that's really what would have happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chances are, and then if Toad Marvel would be over. Real? Toad would be over Mario's dead body and yeah. would be talking about how he didn't reach the princess and that casket is in another castle. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Chances are, Mario, what? Wouldn't he just like stuff a green mushroom down his dead throat and then just get back right back up and be zombie Mario? (laughs) Have a greener Mario. Oh my God. Well, according to game theory, the Mushroom Kingdom, um, the people, the the mushrooms or whatever that are walking around, 
they're actually um, deadly spore people that have, I don't know, you have to go watch Game Theory, but technically it's showing that King Koopa is the good guy of the series because he's trying to take, you know, rule the Mushroom Kingdom of these mushroom spores that are trying to infest the Mm. Mushroom Kingdom. I don't know. I watched the Super Mario Super Show when I was little. And, and, and good gravy, you know. Oh, my right, gosh. Right there. That was awesome. We should play that right now. That would be awesome if we Play what? That. The Super Mario Super Show. You not remember intro. Super Mario Super Show? Right. You want me to play the whole series? Like, what no, do you want no, me to no, play no. from the series? The intro. The intro song. Or outro song. This? Is it the outro? Of th- yes. Yes. This? This is terrible. I don't know what you're talking about. That was amazing he, back like, in the day. No, it is, it is amazing, but I'm watching this and like his moves are like bouncing. Okay. That guy used to be a wrestler. I know. How the mighty fell. Oh, <laughs> he had he had a he had a brother Luigi on the show. It was awesome. No, okay. And so, I still didn't understand when they cut to a Zelda episode. Princess, excuse me, excuse me, Prince. Oh, well, we're all doing it. <laughs> all right, uh, next email, next email, which I have to. All right, this is from Picnic. It says, "Hey, Rue, Tugs, Core, and Firebreath." I've only been listening to the podcast for a fairly small amount of time, but so far it's my current favorite out of the many I subscribe to, even better than the Monster Cat podcast. Wow. By the way, I'm Picnic, that green Shiba Inu. But enough with introductions. Let's get to the Vidya games. Vidya games? Vidya games. Vidya? Yep. Is that like Veggie Tales? It's it's actually video games for vegans. Uh, I, I cannot necessarily say that video games brought me into the fandom, but however, they were the inspiration for my first persona, a Mew, as well as many things I've done in the fandom. Out of the many games I've played over the years, I have to recommend Limbo. For those who don't know, it's simply a, pay, a spatial puzzle platformer involving a young boy making his way through Limbo. The gameplay is clever and compelling, and the art of the game blows my mind. But this is a recent game. I should be talking about furry games from the early aughts. My early memory is playing a slightly furry game was a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Early, early game. <laughs> I'm crying in my uh, heart. Those days back in 05, I made such a cute Totodile in that game. Squee, colon three. Anyway, I'm talking too much. I'll leave you the rest of the email bag. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Signed, Picnic. I would like you to know, Picnic, that we appreciate your email. Also, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, You know, I remember this game. Man, do you remember back in the day where, you know, people used to run around and say Fustura and, like, no. play this game that, you know, talking about an arrow in the knee and stuff like that? Yeah. You remember Perhaps. that? Oh, man, that was Perhaps. so well, long ago, wasn't it? It was, but, yeah, you got to give people their due. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, no. I'm too, I, 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 it's my Canadianism again. I, I, I love Skyrim, I don't remember that Pokemon one though. That was after Ruby and Sapphire the first time around, wasn't it? It was a DS title. I don't recall. It was a little bit of time. It was a little bit ago. 
Uh, what well, year? Uh, I don't know. Uh, let let me look it up because this has been a series. Okay, it came out uh, September eighteenth, oh six, on the DS. Uh, for the red team and the blue team was on the DS. Uh, so GBA was red team, blue team was DS. Where basically you're a human boy that turns into a Pokemon. Again, what is Nintendo trying to do other than instill fetishes in the children of America and Japan? I am taking issue with this. I don't know. That sounds kind of interesting. I, I, I know I played uh, Pokemon Yellow back in the day. Right? That was the second Pokemon game I played. Pokemon uh, Yellow was awesome. Was I had the first emulators for red and blue, and then I bought an actual cart of yellow. I still have my yellow cart and my Game Boy camera. I still have everything. You should probably look at selling some of those. Why? What are they doing? When is the last time you played Why them? don't I just keep them and then sell them when I'm old and retired? Okay, that's fair. If it's an investment strategy, I'll accept that. I'll allow it. Okay. What if it's a clutter strategy? Yeah, yeah. What if it's a clutter strategy? You know what? I am going... To, when I Are have you clutter-free? I am going to have a retro. You are not a clutter-free. A clutter... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're terrible. Oh. oh, he just made a Pokemon joke. Oh. <laughs> Team Rocket blasting up again. Okay. Uh, that's funny. No. <laughs> One of the games, I don't know if this might bring us back to one of the other emails, but you guys remember Bloody Roar? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that, that happened, didn't it? it <laughs> back on the PlayStation. I played it once. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that one. It's the one where you were, it was a fighting game, but if you saved up, you could push it to the limit and you more or less turned into beasts. Uh, Is that like, like Altered Beasts? No, Altered Beast was in a different thing. Like you, what their main fighter turned into a wolf. Yeah. And I know that there was a quick person who turned into a rabbit. It was weird. Oh, one guy was a mole. One yeah. guy, yeah, Chinese tiger. That was back when fighting games were like a bigger thing than they are now. Now it's just like Tekken and poking. Yeah, there's not very many fighting games out anymore. Because <laughs> the thing is, is we went through that Mortal Kombat space where it was like Mortal Kombat was the biggest thing. You remember that? Well, we had Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Super Mega Ultra Hyper Fighting Edition. I remember playing Super Street Fighter 2 in the arcade. Can't you do that in Smash Brothers now? What? <laughs> you can play as Ryu, but you can do his old moves. Oh yeah! Basically, if you know his old moves, you get like extra like two percent or something. Twenty-five percent damage increase. What like twenty-five percent? Uh, like that's a, a lot. Yeah. So if you do his old Hadouken, it's one point two five percent damage. So it's twenty-five percent. And you could do his fiery Hadouken instead. Uh, yeah. Man. Right. That's pretty intense. I know. I know. You know, Smash Brothers has been a really good series. I think they did a really good job. I don't know who the new fighter is going to be. Didn't they just announce Shovel Knight? Amiibo slash whatever. Shovel Knight? Shovel Knight. Why would they bring I just saw it today. They're going to put Shovel Knight as an Amiibo for your Wii U so that you can add it to your... um, Thingy Bob, Smash Brothers. That this is the rumor. Rumor 
is I that saw the image. Shovel Knight, King K. Rule, and Professor Layton are the current rumors. <gasps> Don't. You calm down over ah! there. Sorry, I would like squee to death if those were the ones. Well, Shovel Knight was in a was was fun. You could have said you should Shovel Knight that up your I, ass. I don't I necessarily feel like Shovel Knight deserves to be there. I I don't. I've never played it. Um, but then there's um, yeah. I definitely think that King K. Rule should be there. Of course you do. Yeah. Well, the reason why that I think K. K- King K. Rule should be in there is because of um, if you think about it, each series has what it has. Like if you think about Kirby. Kirby has him, he has Meta Knight, and he has the villain. Or, you know, he was a villain in, in the past. DDD. Yeah, DDD. Or if you think about the Zelda series, you have Link, you have Zelda, you have Toon Link somewhere there, and then you have, you know, I, you know what Ganondorf. Great characters, the pig. The pig from, from Wind Waker, the big giant pig. I want to play as that guy. You mean Ganon in pig form? No, just the big stupid pig on the island you start out on that like will attack you. Oh, right, right, right. I want that pig. Maybe if it was like a, a ball or whatever. No, I want or the pig. Can, can I get the old man that's like, it's dangerous to go alone. Oh, my God. Hey. That would be amazing. Oh. <laughs> An amiibo of him would be amazing, too. Hey, hey, you know what? We should read the next email. Oh, well, okay. I will. I, I'll let us go. But Professor Layton would also be really amazing if you think about he it. He could beat you with mysteries. It would be so awesome. Anyways. Would it be Leighton or would it be the kid? It'd be Professor Therein is your balance. I, Professor. I don't know. All I know is that I knew Professor Leighton, the voice actor of it. So I, I've shared it before, but, you know, I'd always go. He was my professor. He was actually my professor. And he was teaching a voice acting class. And I'd go in and, and say, Professor, what is the quiz for today? And he was like, oh, Luke. We don't have time for riddles right now. I don't know. It's hilarious. Anyways. <laughs> so right. go ahead and read that email. All right. So this one comes from Killingsworth. Hi, Rue, Tugs, Koru, and Fire Breath. Hello, all. It's me, Killingsworth, the Tanuki from California again. Although I sent an email for the last video game special, felt like I had to leave. I left some things unsaid. So here it goes. Why hasn't anyone brought up Drawn to Life? Smooth. And, and there's an emote action that says smooths out fur and clears throat. <clears throat> the Drawn to Life games are near and dear to me because of how much depth there is to this cutesy game series. I'm only counting the two main DS titles, by the way, but not the SpongeBob version. Why not SpongeBob? The games explore topics not uh, commonly dwelled into by kids' games, making uh, commentary on love, religion, death, betrayal, responsibility, coping with loss, jealousy. Uh, I'm serious. A game with a uh, furry little rabbit, people that look like this, and there's an attachment um, that I don't have access to. Don't worry. Co- we got it. It covers these subjects all while having a great original concept of drawing your character and items. The art style in both games is wonderful, and the themes lend themselves well to the storyline. Also, it is a game that has, uh, there's a spoiler tag, and it has a bad ending. Not a lame one, but an ending where although the good guys win, they're still pretty much lose. Oh yeah, those are kind of cute. 
Uh, all in all, the games are adorably depressing, and that's not a bad thing by any means. Fifth Cell, the development company behind the game, also created Scribblenauts and Locks Quest. Also highly recommend those. Um, but if you either if you see either of these drawn to life games out in the wild, you should pick them up uh, if you're looking for an adorable fluffy game of the dark side. Just in case you guys wanted to try, he's also actually included a link to uh, a, a possible copy somewhere uh, with hugs and cookies Killingsworth Ooh. well I want cookies now we've talked about cookies a couple times I know oh, cookies are they amazing cookies chocolate chip good. let's do it did you play did you play drawn to life I did not play drawn to life I, I have to confess I thought that they were I thought scribble hunts and drawn to life were like the same series because I'm a bad person now <sighs> I did play Scribble Knots, and there's because there's also a DC, you know, Scribble Knots, where you like play as you know Scribble Knots in the DC universe, and you get to be like little Superman, a little Batman, and I kind of loved that game for what it was worth. When, but I would just kind of do Scribble Knots in the original one, and I would just type Cthulhu, and then Cthulhu would come down and just wreck everything, and I passed the luck. <laughs> That's that's what I would always do. That's that's hilarious. Is I would always write out Cthulhu in the Scribble Knots game. Is there going to be a new Drawn to Life? Like, is there a 3DS version? I don't know. No, I don't know. no. Apparently, the series Z did two games, and that was that was oh THQ. That's why THQ is gone. Oh, that's why there's no more. That's too bad. Well, maybe it'll come out again someday, right? Because it sounds cool. The picture's super cute. It looks like a it was bunch only of... published by THQ, developed by Fifth Cell. So if Fifth Cell maybe gets on uh, another publishing bandwagon, maybe. Well, my understanding is that a lot of the contracts that THQ were doing publishing for are still tied up in court, which is why Pim. I, I don't know if it was Pimble Arcade, but there was like two companies, and I know Pimble Arcade was hurt by one of them. Like their 360 presence just got fixed, so uh, it's been a thing, but. Well, shoot. I wish yeah. I could say more about Drawn to Life. Rue, are you Drawn you to know, Life? No, I don't really know much about the series at all. So, I mean, whenever I saw it, I was just like, oh, I have to draw my own character. I'm terrible at drawing. Okay, what's this game over here? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's available for the iPhone, apparently. It says 3 out of 5 Apple. Do you have an iPhone? I I'm a robot, so. I'll tell you what. I will... Look into it and on the break. On the break. All right. Well, uh, well, that, that's so. Uh, we're I guess we're almost good break then. So before we go to break and come back and have all the fun, fun stuff, Phil, what are your last thoughts on video games and furries and video games in general? Video games and such in general. I don't know. I like putting myself into the mindsets. Well, I'm a big RPG fan myself. Final Fantasy, my all-time probably favorite game in that genre is actually Final Fantasy Tactics. Really? Yep. Mm. Final Fantasy Tactics, just because of the tactics portion, and then the story was really good. I felt lots of betrayal and back and forth. Oh, yeah. And if you ever played Legend of Mana way back, I kind of like Square Enix just a little bit. Square is a really good way of playing my heart like a fiddle. Uh, they keep drawing me back. Right. Drawing me back. Right? They totally do. They totally do. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I think it's time for our last break, so we'll go do that. Here, enjoy the old-timey ad, and we'll come back with The Game. The Game.
You're listening to For What It's Worth. Brought to you by For What It's Worth brand coffee. When you need some pep in your step, think For What It's Worth. We use only the finest beans, roasted to perfection over the hottest dragon's breath. What gives it its signature flavor? Our roast masters brush with For What It's Worth brand tooth cream, ensuring the brightest smile and the freshest breath. For What It's Worth brand coffee is perfect for waking up in the morning or sipping slowly in the evening, ensuring you'll have all the energy you'll need for your nocturnal activities. For What It's Worth brand coffee, definitely not harvested from cat poop. And now for this episode's message. Get out your For What It's Worth brand decoder rings. 2, 18, 15, 23, 14, 5, 25, 5, 15, 6, 20, 8, 5, 20, 9, 7, 5, 18. Hurry and get this message to Ruan Tugs. The For What It's Worth crew needs your help. Good luck. We want you to do our ident. Click Do Our Ident on the For What It's Worth website. All right, it's time for the thing you've been waiting for this whole episode. Not that you came for anything else, like video games. It's time for the game. The game. Today's game is called Mario 128. The instructions are, you know Mario, but do you know all of the Marios? Time to find out. Each correct answer earns you one point. Each incorrect answer earns you one mushroom, one down mushroom. You may not use the internet or any external resources of any kind. Are you ready? Uh, 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 I guess. I think I can do it. All right. All right, let's do this. Question one is this. On what island is the Canadian film Mario set? Is the Canadian film Mario? Yep. Vancouver Island. What was that? It's fail. <laughs> the Magdalene Islands. All right. Apparently what? my geography is off. What is 12931 Mario? That's your question. 12939 Mario? 12931. That Dr. Mario. Wow, I suck at this. It's a, a minor planet in outer space. All right, you're doing great. Question your cur- your curveballs today, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Question three: How old was Mario when his first album came out? Which Mario? The singer Mario. The singer Mario. Yeah. Thirteen. He was 15. Damn it! It was really close. Um, where did Mario the Plumber, Mario the Plumber, get his name? From an actual plumber. According to popular legend, the original landlord of Nintendo of America, his name was Mario Sigali. Sigali. Wow. Okay, you're doing great. I am real proud of this. 
All right. Question five. Who is Mario Armando Lavandiera Jr.? Or Lavandera? I Lavandera? Yeah. Uh, he kind of sounds like one of those, you know, uh, soap operas from uh, actors from like Tel Aviv. You're going down the right path, but, right? but, but I, who is he? I don't know. That's all I got. Is he a voice actor or is he an actor actor? Perez no. Hilton. All right. What? Perez Hilton, the annoying celebrity blogger. Wow. Uh, I am apparently out of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question six. What is Mario the plumber's? last name they gave Mario a name you should know this think about it no hints no his last name is no no it's not no but it's like um, Paisano let's go with that I still got that Mario Brothers theme it's Mario his Mario name Mario? his name is Mario It's Mario, Mario Brothers. Yeah, and you would know this from the 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 um Super Mario Super Show. Because Luigi's last name is Luigi Mario. <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> oh man. The feels. The feels it's coming back to you. It's coming back. What's coming back? I don't know. Maybe the burrito from lunch. All right, so you're so you're zero for six. Here's question seven. What is Homestar Runner's connection to Mario the plumber? Homestar Runner's connection to Mario the plumber. Yeah. It's females. No. Is that your guess? No. It did. he go work at Nintendo? Nope. Nope. The first episode of Homestar Runner was done in Mario Paint. Oh. All I remember from Homestar Runner is the cheat. The system is down. And, uh... Jog door, the Burninator. No. Coach <laughs> the... <laughs> so... What is Mario? Question number eight. What is Mario uh, Molina. Molina's claim to fame? Mario Molina? Yep. Molina. I, I would say he sounds like a race car driver to me, but I'm probably wrong. You're thinking of Mario Andretti. Yes, I know Mario Andretti. <laughs> he was a, um, being a well-known chemist. A well-known chemist. Chemist. All right. Question nine. Where did Mario Batali study? Ooh, the Culinary Food Institute. Really? Didn't he? He also studied in Italy as he well. He studied at Cordon I, Bleu. Was Cordon Bleu. Did he teach there? No. Can I say Iron Chef? No. Technically, he studied as an Iron Chef. No. <laughs> no! All right. So you have no points. You are down to your last question. We will. Oh, there no. are two possible answers for this question. We will accept either one, and Rue has it. Question 10, and this is for all the marbles. Are, are you going to be completely shut out, or will you at least earn one coin, one golden coin? 
Number 10. In the year. I mean, in what year did Mario the Plumber first speak? What year did Mario the Plumber first speak? Yes. Does the TV show count? No, we're talking video games. Oh, video games. Okay. So in the video games. So if you think that, about it. That would it, be N64, in my opinion. That would be uh, Super Mario 64, which was released. Is it? 1995 or 96? You have to Does that choose. sound right? Let's go five. That yeah. is correct. Now, now you, you have a wrong and right answer. Here's the trick. Mario 64 came out in 1996, and that was not the first game he spoke in. But you got the year right, which is what we were asking for. <laughs> Mario oh, first. How did I screw that up? It's, I actually was playing Mario 64 earlier today. Uh, <laughs> Mario first spoke in 1994 in Hotel Mario, but that is not canonical. Nintendo refuses to say that that's true. It was a CDI game. Mario, as we know him, canonically first spoke in 1995 on the Windows release of Mario's Fundamentals. <laughs> that's retarded. Sorry. Wow. That's, you know, like asking me about Clippy. <laughs> right? So you did great. You got one point. I'm very proud of you. And with that, one, and with that one point, you deserve... You have the highest score of the season. Uh, that's oh. true. That's true. <laughs> it's true. So you get the clap. Congratulations. You now have the clap. People now have to dethrone me. Yep. And they might. And I they just might. want to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you know what? You're being so brutally honest to him. I, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do this. All right, we've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. All right. Well, we have a couple of emails here this evening. Wow, that porno music just. I don't know. Yeah, it freaked me out a little. <laughs> We're going plaid. <laughs> Ludicrous speed. Let's do it. Ludicrous speed. All right, Rue. All right. Let's, so, let's hear come it. on, Colonel Sanders. First of all, we have one from... Misky, I think. Misky. And she said, hey, guys, it's Misky. Yes, it's a Miss... It is Misky, not Mishki. Sorry. Did you mess something up? Okay, it's from my overseas life. I'm sorry. I don't mind, but sorry to disappoint. Thanks for reading out my previous email. It's good to hear that there are good beers um, and those who appreciate them across the pond. Though I had mentioned Badger beers because while um, whilst not necessarily the best that the UK has to offer. I thought I'd point out a furry link with names like Firstly Ferret. So Firstly Ferret. Firsty. Firsty? Firsty Ferret. From Hall and Woodhouse. Um, I think living in a pub and collecting animal artwork on beer pub clips may have gone some way 
to inspire me to draw my own characters when I was growing up. It seems unlikely I'll ever be in Utah, but if I am, I certainly will take you take you up on the offer to take me um, up to the beer store or take me to the beer store. Also, Rue shouldn't feel too bad about um, being a bit geo geolog uh, geographically challenged. I just realized looking at the the map of the U.S. that Wisconsin isn't in the West. I suppose I'm just having a fall back on being European for an excuse. At, at least I knew it was nowhere near the coast. Looking forward to Series 5, Miski. Wisconsin is nowhere near where this music is. Why does it sound like we're on an old west? Oh, what? 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 No, that's what was Karate this coming Kid. From? What is this from? It's I can't... good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, good, bad, and the ugly. That's good. It's good. <laughs> and bad. And it was ugly, too. I'm sure it was in Karate Kid as well. Uh, it's Hugh Montenegro, man. He wrote the definitive western music. Wisconsin is nowhere in the west? <laughs> Phil, aren't you closer to Wisconsin than us? Cheese heads, yes. I, I want cheese. So. I'm going to get cheese after this now. Thanks, Miski. Mishki. Yeah, you know, I am so happy. Uh, I can't talk today. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, beer is um, not my forte, but I think that Tugs loves beer. If you I ever... I actually was told. So, you know, I said I was at the doctor, and he was telling me I had eczema in the weirdest places. I am no longer allowed alcohol anymore. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna go drink uh, after this. <laughs> that is that that is awful. I will have to finish this beer and then I will go and drink some gin. Why can't you have alcohol anymore? Well, as all nerds and furries are, I am fat and my liver has gotten fat. And my doctor said that if he had my liver, he wouldn't even look at a bottle of alcohol. So if you are out there and you are concerned a little bit about your body weight, it's worth your time to actually look into taking care of it because you can wind up like me and not be able to enjoy the joys, the joys of Captain Morgan, who I will miss. We just need to get you down to the boxing gym that's right around the corner. You know what? The thing is, is I, I, this is completely aside from everything, but it's all right. Um, It's not that I'm not trying. Like I don't drink soda. Uh, I limit my sugar. But uh, I've reached that point where my body kind of teeters. Um, and for reasons beyond my control, I've gotten to that point where I need help to lose weight. Like, it's just how it is. We just need to amp, amp everything up and just go for like a, you know, like what they, what they show on commercials where we have to like run through walls and stuff like that. Like scream and... Like, you mean like the Kool-Aid man? Yeah, like the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, the, other, yeah. the other half of it is that I have uh, non-alcoholic cirrhosis predisposition, and it's playing up. My dad has Nash. So I have to lose about 50 pounds before I can start drinking. Well, let's do it. <laughs> right? I believe I believe uh, pushing it to the limit is, is one way to do this. I, I don't know what the limit is or what you're pushing, but... Doing I'm those fairly things. sure we can figure it out. Doing those things might help. Yeah. <laughs> doing those things. <laughs> Do, wow. Doing the things. And all right, what's the next email? 
So this is from John Doe, which I don't think that's their name, but I'm going to go with it. It's not John Doe. There's a name on there. It's Dapple. Oh, 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 yeah, it is Dapple the Dapple closet, the Apple. The closet furry. So he said, hiya, Tugs and Rue. I have a deep question, and I'm hoping all of you can help. First, some backstory. I have been a furry since childhood, and I'm yearning to participate in the fandom directly by meeting other furries and attending conventions. All I do is lurk for affinity at the moment and want to take the next step. However, I am shy and introverted and having emotional baggage. For instance... I struggle with my weight and my insecurities about my body image. So he has another um, part of this email, but I, I think that it's good for us to comment there. All right. So look, in life, you need to be willing to just break through that wall. It's difficult sometimes. I know it's easier said than done but you know you can continue to live life through uh you know a pane of glass and you can watch people live their life or you can be the one that's living that life and doing those things and you unfortunately you have to find that within yourself um and i think that that's a struggle for everyone um you're not alone in that particular struggle i know for myself it's a it's a daily struggle sometimes for me and i know that it's a daily struggle sometimes for tugs believe it or not i know it sounds like that we're the most calm you know, cool collected people ever like the super like outgoing people but really we we we're outgoing but i don't know it, it took us time to get to where we're at and um, you know, we all started at where you're at and you just have to break out of that shell and, but go at your own pace. Of course. The the real secret is this, um, despite the fact that everyone in this world is walking around thinking that everyone else has their shit together. The real secret is no one has their shit together. Everyone has their shit together enough to get along, but we all are finding something somewhere. Everyone is doing this. No one, nobody on this planet is sitting back in a chair going, I feel absolutely perfect about everything. Nobody gets to do that. Everyone is fighting some kind of a demon. Whether it be a little demon or a big demon, it's their demon and it will get them. Well, I hope that my demon doesn't have too much horns. That's kind of scary. But no, I completely agree. You kind of just got to grab the bull, take it, and go. Um I've found you know, in the past couple of years, you just kind of just got to put yourself out into situations two feet first and uh, kind of make it what you will. Sometimes you fall, but then I keep going back to uh, Batman Begins with, uh, what's his noodle? Bale. Bale, with Christian Bale. Mm -hmm. I always just go, I'm Batman. And then I stop right there because I just think of Batman for about four hours after that point. But um, he has, you know, his quote, why do we get back up, Master Bruce? Well, you know, we uh, we uh, pick ourselves back up because we have to to keep going and keep going just because life is as it is. 
taking an easy way out is giving up. If you're going to fail, fail spectacularly. Don't just fail a little bit. Fail spectacularly. Yeah, you know, we get on the show and fail all the time. Y- yeah, no kidding. I mean, what's that one quote? Dance like nobody's watching. Do it. Somebody's watching, but dance anyways. Damn it. Right. All right. What's the rest of the scene? <laughs> all right. It says, my question is about personas. I don't have one, and never felt a personal attraction to make one. Many furries, from what I've heard, hold their personas to be very near and belong to them. Have, um, do you have any tips on how to create one? I don't want to feel left out by not having a persona, but don't want, want it to be a superficial character um, created quickly. Does it take time to fill that love and closeness to your persona? Best regards, Dapple the clo- the Closet Furry. P.S. He's a closet. Um, you can say my name. Don't have to be anonymous. Um, so the secret to creating a persona is you need a chalice, a book, and you need to start as a fox, and then you're good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Terrible. That is not the truth. The truth of it is, is don't force it. If you find something that speaks to you, you find something that speaks to you. If you don't, you don't. In the meantime, you're a closet, and you're fine. You can be an anthro closet. <laughs> An anthro closet. It said, best regards, Dapple the closet furry. <laughs> that means you're a closet furry. You know. Sounds uh, a bit wooden to me. I've known <clears throat> people that have started out as uh, Fox. a squid. You know, just something random. You know, you could be an inkling. It, it more or less, you, I mean, when people start out choosing their persona, they first start out with the simple answer of, what's your favorite, um, what's your favorite animal? And then you go from there. Um, and sometimes what happens is after a year, you're going to find out, you know what? This particular species doesn't fit me. And guess what? You get, as far as what me and Tugs feel, that's, this isn't the truth, but this is for what it's worth, our opinion. Um, you get one opportunity to change that. So you know in Monopoly, there's like a get out of jail free card. You get a one species change card. That's what we're saying, right? So, you know what? If you mess up the first time, guess what? You get another chance. Yep, you get one do-over. And then if you mess up that time, then... You go hybrid. (laughs) (laughs) Which, that's what Tugs did. (laughs) Hey, I haven't done a full species change. Just pointing that out. But you did a hybrid. I did go hybrid. Phil, do you even know what my character is? Uh... Ah, We've been talking for years and you haven't figured this out. Damn it! It looks like a puppy dog. Puppy bear. Oh, that would make sense. Yes, he's a puppy and a bear mixed together. But more dog than bear. But not just that. Yeah, a Care Bear. Five, four, three, two, one. He's a yeah, he's a Care Bear. And a puppy. There you go. He he fell from Carolot. I thought you were going the cousin route. I'm like, there ain't no such thing in my universe. I could talk about that. Like, no, Care Bear cousins are pretend and they don't exist. I don't want to get into that debate right now because you don't we need wanna, to do You this don't want to talk about your cutie mark that's on your tummy. Oh, my God. I'm going to punch you in the <laughs> tip of the penis is what I'm going to do. Right in the tip. That's what I'm going to do. That's it for the mailbag. So thanks for the email, Dapple. All right. Last button. You ready? Let's do it. Housekeeping. No. Housekeeping. 
housekeeping. Yay, our favorite part where we talk about things about the show that's important. For one, first of all, please get on Twitter and tweet to us. We love it when you talk to us. This is not in the rundown. You went rogue, but I don't care. But can I say the thing that's on the on the rundown okay, now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The thing that's on the rundown now is we want iDance. We're out of iDance, guys. We need iDance. Killingsworth covered our ass this time, but it's your turn to cover our ass. So what is an iDent? That's where you get on and go, this is so-and-so, something funny. You're listening to For What It's Worth. And then we play it. Yay. It's simple. It's, it's easy. It's easy. And it's free. Anybody can do it. For us. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And it's free for you, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, and the truth comes out on why we're doing this. Is that the Jew button on you? I, sure, why not? Okay. Okay. I spend money on other things for the show. Yeah. Because we make so much money off the show, let me tell you. We make so much money. We do. We drive, just... we drive our 1980 piece of crappers because we make so much money off the show. That's what we do. <sighs> All right. So um, comment on the site. It makes it look like people listen to the show. And who likes going to a site with no comments? Not me. Uh, you've been doing great. So keep it up. And we do respond. Comment on Twitter so that we can be the number one furry podcast on. Wait, not Twitter. <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twitter, iTunes. They start both start with a T. It's the same thing, right? Uh, sure. Okay, I failed. That's okay. Uh, don't forget, Halloween is coming, so soon we're going to start asking for your Halloween stories. So start yeah. drafting those. Actually, send them now. What? Immediately. Okay, Get start sending them. them now. I would definitely recommend you getting it in before the 1st of October. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You oh, have yeah. to get it in before then. All right, cool. Um, next episode is going to be... By the way, Rudy, are you okay with this? Retail horror stories. So if you work in retail, now a lot of furries work in retail, and you deal with a lot of shit, let's talk about it. Isn't this like a topic for like Black Friday? We're doing it now. Okay, we're doing are it cool now. you cool with that? You cool with that? I'm cool with that. I'm okay. cool with that. I've worked retail. I love You've Black You've worked retail. Friday. Actually, no. I haven't worked retail. Right, because you're a dick. So <laughs> I'm Black Friday. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. If you've worked retail, I know, like, for instance, I know Morphe works retail. Um, he's not coming on, unfortunately, but uh, there's people who work retail. So if you if you have a story of any kind about retail and you're a furry, we want to know about it. We want to know about it. So let's do it. Is there anything else we want them to send in? Because that sounds like a really short episode. Uh, no, I bet you we'll get a lot. Anything. any Dude, you can stretch retail anyway. If you work for Amazon, we also want to hear from you. Just in case, to save us, send in some random emails, please. Yeah, mailbag. <laughs> mailbag emails. Our audience won't let us down. I have faith. I have faith. All right, cool. And then the last thing we need to do is thank our guest and invite him to say his words of wisdom to the audience. Phil, this is all you, baby. My last words, as it were, before the red light cometh upon my head. Yes. Well, before the enraged timer hits. Thank, thanks for having me on. It was uh, fun to be here. Um, you know, keep on being yourself and be true to you. That's all you can really do, right? But uh, if I have to leave you, I leave you with a weird quote from actually one of the things that kind of stuck with me. Um, it's from an old TV show. And if you get it, send in uh, an email to Tugs. 
and he'll get a hold of me and maybe I'll come back and uh, you know be a special guest again but uh, information is ammunition keep that use it you know be one with yourself very true very true well thank you once again for coming in we really appreciate it if any of our audience wants to reach out to you um, is there a way in which you would like them to reach to you, reach out to you? You can uh, reach me either a through Tugs directly uh, through the website, or you can uh, reach me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at ninja underscore Phil. Awesome, awesome. So tweet him, like follow him, and like flock him. Over, flock I don't him. flock him. Flock him. Convert him into being a free. I don't know. Flock him. I don't know. Is it like flog? <laughs> I'm flock sorry. Him. Go to Piggly Wiggly and flock him. Flock that would be him. a lot of the birds who would chase after me. Then you don't want that. So it'd be a literal flock <laughs> at that point. Though this is going nuts. I'm going to do this. This is Tugs. This is Rue. Say your name. This is Phil. And this has been for, for what, what it's, it's worth. worth. Now you get to say it. For what it's worth. Yes. Ha, 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 ha.